Good morning. We are going to go ahead and get started. Welcome to the fall kickoff, our all women's event. This is probably the most awkward time of any um, opportunity to talk is to actually get started and have everybody stop talking. So um, thank you for being here. We've got one empty, completely empty table up front. If somebody needs a seat, I'd love to have you join us. Um, but otherwise, we've got some chairs in the back and, and to fill in around as well. But thank you for being here. This is, this is an exciting time of year. We've had a summer of travel, of rest, and now we, we truly are kicking off the next year. And uh, I'm grateful to be here with you. Um, just a point of introduction, if we haven't met you already, if we haven't met, I'm Christy Bicknall. I'm the Director of Women's Ministry here at First of Ann. I want to introduce you to my family. If we're friends on social media, you'll see their pictures quite often. Um, this is Kurt. Kurt is actually in the back supporting me today. Um, and then um, Emma, our three and a half year old little girl, you'll hear us call her Emma Samantha or Emma Sam. She started school at ECS and pre-K this week, so um, it was a fun week for her. Um, and then today I have to introduce Sharon as well. She didn't know I was going to show this photo, but Sharon Morocco, um, anything that happens, y'all know, happens because of Sharon. And so this is her family, Noah, her husband, Matt, that's right. Um, Lauren, Lauren's fiance, Caleb, they're getting married in November, and Nathan as well. So thank you, Sharon, for everything that you do. But the question I get asked most often, and I am, my glasses are fogging up, so I'm going to take them off for a minute. Um, the question I get asked most often is, what are we going to do? And I get that question asked in a lot of different ways. What are we going to do program-wise? What are we going to do about challenges? What are we going to do about opportunities? And I want us to think about this question a little bit different. And actually, I want to ask a different question this year. And that question is, who will we be? Okay. Um, we, I mean, every day, every week, we have a little bit of chaos in our lives, a little bit of the unknown, a doozy of a day or a doozy of a week. Um, but what do we do with that? Um, and who are we in the midst of those challenges and opportunities? And so if you've read my emails, if you, if you talk to me, you've heard me use this phrase that I, that I want us to be a place of belonging and becoming. Um, that I long for the local church to be like home, a place where family and friends gather and no one leaves a stranger. Now, if you host people in your home, you know that, that if somebody enters your home, that you don't know, they rarely leave without knowing their name. And that's what I want for our church. But these are sweet little sayings, right? What, is, what does this really mean practically for us? What does it mean scripturally and biblically? Um, during the interview process, um, I, I was trying to think through, and so for those of you that don't know, I've been the women's director for, uh, well, I came on staff with Cricket for, in January, and then Cricket retired in March. And so three, four months um, officially in this role. And last year when I was interviewing for this position, I thought, what would I, what would I say if somebody asked me, um, what do you think women need? What does the women's ministry need at First Event? And so I started writing out my thoughts. And I never shared them. I never got asked that question. And so I thought, well, I kind of like what I had to say, you know? Um, and so I'm going to share it with you today, actually. Um, but to, before we get started, I want you all to know and hear from me as well, though, that, I, that all of this is rooted in what we know is, is the greatest commandment, and that's to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and strength. And that means that we have a maturing faith together. 
But there's also the second piece of that, and that's to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that is a faith that serves others here and to the uttermost parts of the earth and to the world. And so it all roots back to this purpose. Um, and so, again, I wanted to share a little bit about my vision and motivation um, and kind of what, what did I write? I thought I'd share with you all what I wrote last year as I interviewed for this, for this position. And so I have it titled, What Women Need at Church. And if you all will let me dare say this, I'll just say what we need at church because I don't think it's just for women. Um, number one, a place where God's word is honored and he is genuinely worshipped. First of has a history of love for the word of God. Um, that's wonderful and beautiful and sacred, and we want to continue that. I mean, if we truly believe that the word of God is inerrant, that it holds authority in our lives, um, that God is creator of the world and has a perfect plan for our world and our life, then scripture and his word, we should honor it. And we should genuinely worship him daily, but also worship him corporately together. And I want, I want us to commit to that together, to worship him daily, but to worship him corporately as well. Number two, we need a place of faith. I actually, this, I didn't write this one last summer. I wrote this one yesterday. Um, <laughs> this is the one I added yesterday, where we join with the great cloud of witnesses with hope and assurance of things not seen. And I added this one yesterday because I was reading in Hebrews 11, and it talked about the great cloud of witnesses and the, and the definition of faith. And it, it was just beautiful. You know how in a, and I, we talk about this often, how scripture as a deer pants for water and how when you're hot, I mean, we've had some hot days lately, and you take that drink of water. That's what this chapter did for me yesterday. I was like, we cannot forget the great cloud of witnesses that, that we follow along behind and beside. Um, and I, I think that's important for us um, at First Event, in our families, just the heritage that we have. Um, number three, a place of belonging. We need a place of belonging where there's room for everyone and transformative friendships flourish. Now, the key word to this is transformative because we've already done it today and it's, I love it. We've, we've laughed together and we can find plenty of places to laugh and have friendships, both with friends and acquaintances. But I envision a place here where we make room for strangers for those that we don't know yet, where we're willing to be accountable to one another, um, where we'll have good and hard conversations, and where we'll, we will allow our life to be both challenged and changed. Um, and I want some laughter and coffee, too. But um, this, this comes home, this is real to me, because I don't know if Leslie is in here. Leslie Brock, she and I were roommates 25 years ago. And she and some friends here at First Event at the time, we were in the focus group, and they, we had, they had a hard conversation with me. They sat me down on a Friday night. I still remember that conversation, but I'm grateful for that because not only did it set me in the right trajectory just personally, I mean, it wasn't anything off the wall, but it was just they knew there was a need in my life. That's what I want for us to have here. And that requires vulnerability, but accountability as well. Um, number four, we need a place of learning where hard questions can be asked without fear and spiritual growth is expected. Now, this is different than Bible study. Bible study is learning for sure. But if we are to function and live, raise children and grandchildren in a world that questions Christianity and the things that we hold dear, we need to be able to ask the hard questions and to have others ask the hard questions of us. Not to disprove our faith, but to prove our faith 
in the, you know, apologetically, um, but also to disciple the generations as well. If we can't hear or answer those questions, then we're, we've really failed our children and our, and our grandchildren as well. And I want us to be willing to hear those questions. Um, and the spiritual growth, um, that, that the spiritual growth is expected. I don't want you to expect that for others. I want you to expect it for yourself. Too often we're willing to look at other people and say, well, they need to become more mature. And we need to make sure that we're looking at ourselves in the areas of our life as well that we need to grow. Um, we need a place of becoming where giftedness is valued and dreams are encouraged. Um, we are the body of Christ. We know that. Uh, scripture tells us clearly that each one of us in this room has been given unique gifts and roles in the church. I want each of you to know, and I really, if I could like look at every single one of you, like one by one, and look you in the eyes and tell you that I love and want you to see your gifts worked out, whatever that looks like, what, how that looks different at different ages and stages in your life. That's so important, and we need that. That is probably one of the most um, Beautiful things that we can expect of ourselves and one another is to learn each other, respect those gifts that God has created us to be, and then work together. That's how we become the body of Christ, because we have to have each other. We know that. The body does not function apart from one limb from another, and I want you to be confident in that. Number six, we need a place of grace uh, where flawed people gather for healing of brokenness and hurt. I think y'all know. I hope y'all know. I'm a flawed person. You can ask my husband. Um, each one of us in this room are flawed. And so we need a place um, where we can come after years, a lifetime, a day or a week of challenges, um, of joys, of celebrations, but also wounds and fears. Um, that's, who, that's who we are today. You know, that's what brought us to this space. But I pray that our community will be a space of healing. And not that we expect others to heal us but that we provide a space of grace and peace where God can do that healing in your life. Okay, and I think that's a, that's a nuance there. We can't expect anyone else to do that healing for us, but we sure can find a place of peace where God can do that. Number seven, um, we need a place of hope where there is courage about the future. Um, fear is rampant in church circles right now um, about our culture, about our future, about our families and what our families are facing, even about our church. And that is not the space we should live in. That is not of God. Um, he calls us to be here at this time in this place. I had this conversation with um, a group recently, and I said, I am convinced that God has created us to be the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the uncles, for the child that God desired to be born at this time in our world. And that means that we were made to be at this time in our world as well. And that's a responsibility and that's a privilege, but that's exciting because God has promised to be alongside us during that journey. But we also know the, the verse that says he has not given us a spirit of fear. And so I want us to enter into this space with hope and expectation that he has set us as a light and he continues to tell us as a people to multiply, both as families, but also as believers, spiritual, and, and, new, and bringing new believers into the church. We need a place of hospitality where faith is exhibited through a vibrant and joyful love for others. This is pretty self-explanatory, but what I, what I wanted to share on this one is that this isn't a have to, but a want to that we receive people into our home, into our church, 
with a joy and an attitude of service that acknowledges the honor. And uh, where's Vicki? This came out of, I just was thinking of the conversation last week in Sunday school. And the honor it is to have people into our home um, when they come into our home and in our church as well. Number nine, we need a sacred space, our sacred place, where we share the sacraments and messy repentance is common. Now, there's a reason why the word messy is in there, because it's not pretty and it's hard, and there's emotions. And a lot of times we don't know what that means with our relationships, but we, again, we go back a couple of spots, and it's a place of grace where we allow that to happen. Um, I love that we have communion in our church service today. It's, the, it's a good day for it. It's a good time for it. When we come together with believers around the world throughout history to acknowledge the sacrifice of Christ, sacrifice of Christ on our behalf to reconcile us to, to decades and generations and, and two millennia of other believers as well. And my last point, uh, just so you know where we are, um, that we need a place of perseverance where we are changed and we do not grow weary. Um, all of this, I said it before, it's not about others. It's about each one of us individually. Uh, we have to make room from applying scripture to someone else and our hopes and wants to them and make it happen in our own lives. To know God more deeply, to love him more dearly, and to be made more like him. So those are, those are what I shared. So that gives you a little bit um, of just an insight into what drives me that will help you understand um, conversations that we have and how I approach ministry this next year. Um, but on the tables in front of you, um, hopefully you have found some of the postcards. Those are actually packages, so please open them up. There's four postcards in that. Um, and these were created uh, by four women in our congregation. Um, and I'll share, them, share those names with you in just a minute. But this gift today is meant to be a reminder to, be, to you to display them if you would like, or you can send them as postcards, but a reminder of God's surprising grace and his faithfulness in the midst of uncertainties and storms of life. So the artist on these, Mary Minor, on this first one, it's titled A Thread Gathered. Elizabeth Collier, The Thread Tended. And Jenna, if you're in here, forgive me because I just realized I've misspelled your name on the next slide, and I apologize. Jenna Fergus, uh, with a G, um, Flight Above the Tangles, and Linda Riley, A Thread Taken Home. Now, what I love about these is that we kind of, we put out the call on, we would love to create these postcards. Would these women be willing to share their gift of creativity? And just said, you know, we had this vision of a sparrow. And as you can see, each one of these tells a story. We didn't set out to tell a story, but they still did. And you can see from the, the thread gathered all the way to taken home that it, it has told a story. Um, the, the originals are back on the heart-to-heart um, -heart table. So if you want to see the originals, please do. I'd love for you to see, to see them. But it, it is fair to ask the question, what will we do? And so as we're gathered here today, it would, I mean, I, I have to like, let you know what's up for the next year. Um, but first, to look back. And we had, a, we had a special summer. We had a lot that we did, um, from the breakfast, supper, and coffees, to summer refreshments, conversations on art and faith, and stories of God's faithfulness. And what's important is to recognize that each of these represent you. When I talked about earlier that I long for 
um, your gifts to be worked out. That's what these represent as well. And so Debbie and Jenna and Tawny, Jan, um, Gail, Mary, Sandra, Jan, Sarah, Shannon, Nancy, y'all, the list goes on and on. And so that's what I want you to see, that this is, this women's ministry, Cricket talked about it, I'll talk about it, like, this is, this is you. We are the ministry, it's not Christy, um, but, but it's from you and your vision. Um, as we look into the next year, Heart to Heart, the registration starts today, and I've been really excited. This is the first Heart to Heart that I've been allowed to like step into um, from, from this position and vantage point, so I'll be honest. I was like, oh, people are signing up. This is great. Um, so thank you, but I hope you'll join us. We are so excited. Um, I have to tell you, one of the things that has been most exciting about this study is the number of people involved in it. Um, and I would name everybody, but I think there's probably 50-some people involved in this study. And so from our writers who wrote the lessons, um, I do have to mention them, Carolyn and Dawn and Allison Riggs and myself, to those who wrote the intros and the devotionals, or the, devotional, or the intro devotionals and prayers. Um, I'm going to ask all of y'all to stand up in a minute, so prepare yourselves, okay? Um, to the, our editors and our small group leaders, and assistance. So there's, I'm, I promise you, there's over 50 people. I don't know if everybody's in here, but if y'all would stand up, I would love for everybody just to see the visual of who all has been involved and engaged in our small group leaders. Please stand up as well. But we will start, um, we're starting a week early this year. So September 5th and 6th, that's the week after Labor Day. Um, so uh, sign up begins today. Just, so, the title is not on here, but the title this year is called The Greatest Story. Um, it's the longest, y'all. I should know this by heart, and I do most of the time, except for today, standing on stage in front of you. Um, it's the longest subtitle ever. Read the Bible as one story and discover your place in God's redemptive plan. Um, but the, the, the intent of this study is to look at all of Scripture over the next year. So this fall, we'll look at the Old Testament. This spring, we'll look at the New Testament. And most of us have read... Portions are all of scripture incrementally, whether it's chapter by chapter, some of us chronologically, but have we looked at all of scripture as one story and what it means and how God's redemptive plan from creation all the way to the end has found, is, is worked out in this one story with a, with a true story structure as well. And so that's the purpose of Heart to Heart this next year. Um, Tuesday mornings, I want to make sure that you know that we have prayer. We've talked frequently, cricket studies, we talk about the need for prayer, and I don't want us just to talk about it, but to do it as well. And many of you also have your own prayer groups, um, so please continue in those. But if you don't, I want you to know about this group that's meeting Tuesday until September, and September 5th, and the week of September 5th and 6th, the week that Heart to Heart starts, it will move to, to Thursdays. And so if you um, are in Heart to Heart and you would like to be a part of a prayer group and aren't already, please, please plan on attending this uh, Thursday morning prayer group. And then moving forward as well, um, Act 2, Widows Fellowship. Kathy, I meant to confirm this date. Where's Kathy? Um, there she is. September 11th, correct? Okay, good. September 11th, um, Act 2 will restart monthly gathering. It'll be the first Monday after September. Um, so this, it just starts a little bit later because of um, Labor Day. And then Sue, I did not see Sue today. Is she here? I don't know if she's able to be here. Sue Sharp and I have been talking quite a bit lately about restarting the caregivers group and so just so you know and can have that in the back of your head we'll look at restarting that in the spring and so look for that and more information on that coming soon as well 
Um, without a doubt, I think we can say that Stories of God's Faithfulness was a resounding success this past summer, and so we want to continue that. Sage as well. Um, many of you know that adoption and foster parents are near and dear to my heart, and so we'll continue those a little bit more sporadically over this year because the school year does get to be so crowded with just activities, but we don't want to stop those because we see such value in hearing other people's stories um, and, and how God has been faithful through their journeys as well. So we'll do that and continue that through, as well as the breakfast, coffee, and supper clubs. So look for all of that just sporadically. I'm not going to try to schedule those weekly, monthly. We'll just kind of see how those fall out. Um, most of you know as well that our women's retreat is coming up. This is actually the last week to register. So if you haven't registered already, please do. The table's back in the back. Lee Lundy and Rachel Kraft are our um, speaker and worship leader. I'm really excited about uh, this weekend because we know that most of us are really just kind of tired. I mean, is that just, is there any other word to use but just tired? And so the intent of this weekend really is to provide some extended rest, some fellowship, but also some rest. So it's scheduled in that way. Friday night, Rachel and Olivia Grace will lead us in worship, and we'll have um, just a, an evening of worship together. We'll get started late later on Saturday morning. Um, you can grab breakfast if you want or just sleep in, and we'll have a session Saturday morning, a long free time, and then a session Saturday night with communion, a shared communion together. And then Friday, I mean, Sunday morning is free as well. So I want you to be aware of that. Um, our Christmas dinner is happening. Uh, it will be Thursday, December 7th at Hilton, Memphis. We were playing some music when, when y'all came in. I don't know if you heard it or not because, uh, thankfully, y'all were talking with each other and you couldn't hear it. Um, but Caroline Cobb is our musical artist this year. I love her music. I'll send out probably a playlist if you haven't seen it already. She released um, an album recently on the Psalms, but she had a vision back, goodness, 10, 12 years ago on writing a song for every book of the Bible. And so she, her music is about telling the story of Scripture, and she has an album about the story of Christmas. And so that's who will be joining us for the Christmas dinner this year. And then um, a colorful day, uh, Saturday, February 3rd. So these are things to be looking forward to. Um, one thing that I want to make sure you know about as well is that um, as a church, we have a lot of things that happen. I'm not here just to, like, create women's ministry events for you to, to occupy your time. I also want to make sure that you know about and that we support one another just holistically in this church. And so um, August 25th is the Parents Equipping Dinner with Dr. Jeremy Jones from the Memphis Theological Seminary on Parenting Through Faith, Not Fear. And Taylor will be starting a family engagement series uh, on during Wednesday night, the week that Heart to Heart starts at Well. Now, these are going to be, you know, he'll share a little bit more in the next newsletter, but I want to make sure you know about these because I think they're so important. These will be standalone Wednesday night sessions. You can go to one or all of them. You don't have to register, but um, it'll be on a variety of topics related to family. It might be on parenting or marriage or any other um, he, he's finalizing that list now. But this is what I want you to know. If you're in heart-to-heart and you see a topic that you think, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can attend one, both, or other. Go that night, okay? Take notes. Bring them back. I can't go. You can let me know what you learned that night. But I think it's really important um, for our families, um, for individually, for us to, to be in that space, to learn from Taylor, to learn from the experts that he's bringing in. And so I don't want you to feel that pressure or that push and pull um, go listen to those sessions and then rejoin your group and we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, we'll, we'll make it work. And then in the spring of 2024, um, we're 
praying about, thinking about what does it look like to have a monthly luncheon for women of faith in the workplace. And so you can be praying about that. If that's of interest to you, let me know on that as well. Um, but you have heard me say this. I haven't had the opportunity to get in front of you quite often yet, but when I have, most of the time I've said, take a minute, take a moment, and look around this room. Look across the table. Look in the back corner. Look in the front corner. This is a room full of women filled with wisdom. It's filled with passion. It's filled with fear, but with expertise. But what I know most of all is that this is a room of women filled with the love for Jesus Christ. Now, that's powerful. And it, it actually just kind of gave me chills when I thought about it. And so my job is to help harness that, um, harness how you've been created to impact this world. Um, every single one of you, regardless of your age, and that's what I want to encourage you today, is that um, I hope you're excited, because I really am. When I say that, when I look and see the power of God's love in this room and the change that he's made in your life and what that means for others, it's pretty significant. Um, there is a survey hidden under, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make that segue real quick. Um, there's a survey hidden under the, the runners that I would love for each of y'all to complete. It, I would be remiss if I did not take this opportunity to do that. And there's four simple questions. I think there's four. Um, one is, are you receiving our emails? That's going to be how you hear from me most often, is via email. So are you receiving the email? Are you interested in an all-women Sunday school class? Um, that has been broached a couple of times. And if you are interested in that class, are you interested in attending? And are you interested in co-leading that? Um, do you have a prayer need? And if you do, um, would you like that kept private just with me? Um, or shared on that email as well. Some of you have seen that Family Matters email that we send out occasionally, um, and so just let me know if you'd like that shared. Um, and I would say take it home and fill it out, but you know that if you leave without filling it out, you're not going to bring it back. Um, so once you finish that, just turn it upside down, fold it, leave it on your table, and we'll pick those up at the end. But um, I also need to make sure that I introduce you to our leadership team um, they're around the room, but Carrie, Catherine, Sharon, Carol, Morgan, Anna, Andrea, Amy, Linda, and Carolyn. And I want you to see their names just so you know who's on the leadership team. Um, you can be praying for them as well, um, praying for their ministries, because each one of them are active in their own spheres of ministry in this church and around the church as well. But I also wanted to take this opportunity, and I don't think most of the women are here, but I said it earlier, and that is that we are, um, I'm, not, I'm not a church staff of one. We have a church staff of people committed to the same vision, and that is following Christ, honoring, glorifying him, learning and growing. You know, I'm not telling you that this is not the mission statement of First of Anne, but I just want you to know that your church staff is committed to the growth of each one of us in our spiritual maturity, but the, but the spread of his word around the world. And so I want to make sure to introduce particularly the women, because there are women on staff that are often in unseen spaces, and I want you to know their names so that they are at least spoken out loud, and we can pray for them, and you can know them and honor them too. But Stephanie Johnson, Jackie Stieferman, Paige Poloni, Courtney Cannon, Kate Taylor, Kelly Clack, Jill Hopkins, Charity Gurley, Anna Phillips, Meg Burgess, 
Cassie Sanborn, Zoe Parrock, Caitlin Bernardini, Tori Martin, Sherry Bonar, Vicki Cohn, and Debbie Taylor. And y'all, this church, I mean, it's a beautiful space. I sit around our, um, I sit in our staff meetings, and I look at the men and women in our staff, and I am, it is an honor to serve beside each one of them. And so I'm grateful that we are alongside on this journey. I wish they could be up here beside me, because I think it's just important for y'all to know and see how much we labor together on behalf of the church. Um, But above all, um, it's been fun this morning just to be with you, to see your excitement to be here and with one another, your joy and love for me and your trust in me. And so I want to say thank you for that. Um, And so just to close today, we're going to sing the doxology and we'll be dismissed just for more prayer. We've got about 15 minutes before Sunday school is over. It's more time depending on what time you typically get to the service, hopefully on time. Um, But I do want to close just by singing the doxology. I'm going to turn my microphone off. Um, You don't want to hear me. Kurt, I mean, some of y'all, if y'all want to follow me on social media, you'll hear I'll brag on Kurt and his singing ability. But I'm going to turn this off, and then we can sing together.